This is MuggleCast, your Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts podcast covering everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 302. Micah, Eric, and I are here this week. Good October, gentlemen. Good October. Good October. It's a good October. And we are joined by Pamela Gokobachi of Hypable. Also writes for peopleschoice.com, an all-around awesome person. Hey, Pam. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back. Hey, Good. it's been a while. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yes, it has. You you also host uh, Hypeable's weekly entertainment podcast, Hype. I do. I host uh, Hype. So we have a great show today. There's lots of interesting news that's happened over the past few weeks, and we're just going to talk about all of it this episode. We're going to catch up on a lot of great news. Mm-hmm. I just want to co- uh, plug a couple things first. Uh, LeakyCon is coming up here in the Los Angeles area. Um, it's actually very close to me, which it's weird to have a Harry Potter conference happening so close to me. It's October 19th to the 23rd in Los Angeles. And the LeakyCon people asked me to let you all know about the party in the park they're doing at the local Wizarding World here in Los Angeles. Uh, you can buy tickets at LeakyCon.com slash MuggleCast. And uh, these Party in the Park tickets will get you exclusive access to LeakyCon's private park event. So there's going to be smaller lines. It's going to be close. The Wizarding World come at 6 p.m. on the night that they're hosting this event. It's going to be closed off to everyone except for uh, Party in the Park attendees. So it'll be cool. The the lines will be shorter. You can do whatever you want uh, without waiting. And the the whole Wizarding World land will be open for you. So go to leakycon.com slash mugglecast if you want to check out tickets for that. If you live in the LA area and you haven't been to the Wizarding World yet, this is probably the perfect opportunity to do so because what's more magical than small lines at theme parks? (laughs) Yeah, I I read the email. It's pretty cool. Um, It talks about uh, eight hours in the park after 3 p.m. And at the very bottom, after all these numbers that they throw at you, it says zero muggles. I'm like this is great. So serious, yeah. So it, it's it's a way to experience the theme park, and they've done this before at at, at Leaky Cons and at uh, HBF Cons that are near the park. Um, you know, to have these after hours events, and it's always such yeah. a good time. Um, with you and just yeah. your friends, a thousand of your closest. Well, friends, you I think say well said, so. HB Cons that are near the park, as if they weren't <laughs> right, planned yeah. to be in those <laughs> yeah. cities strategically, but uh, we all. We've all gone uh, in Orlando, and I know that uh, it's it's just a lot of fun to have these uh, parks exclusively closed for you uh, is is a really uh, nice experience, especially if you're there uh, with your friends and you just get the opportunity to go around, uh, have a meal inside the uh, the three broomsticks, or uh, have a butterbeer, go on some of the rides, spike it with some fireball, which I've done. In the Los Angeles Park. You've done that in LA? They have uh, yes. the Hogshead Tavern, all that? Yeah, yeah. Well, we I brought in my shots, own fireball, of course. <laughs> did you? Because, Eric, what did we take shots of in the Hogshead in Orlando? Yeah, it's the fire whiskey that they sell there. Fire whiskey, that's what it was. Yeah, um, but it's... it's Oh, God, it's awful. Uh, it's <laughs> just cinnamon whiskey. Well, Andrew, so you, you snuck a flask in? Of like, well, I just with, fireball comes in like a plastic pl- plastic bottle, so I just brought that into yeah. the park. It's not like they knew. <laughs> Hopefully, they're not listening. And by the way, I will be doing a couple of panels at LeakyCon about 
Harry Potter, obviously. Uh, so will these be hosted at your apartment, given your proximity? <laughs> no, no, but you know what? It's it's the hotel is like literally right next to my gym. So I'm Ooh. thinking of like doing a quick workout first and then going over, or maybe I'll have everybody come to my gym and be like, "Hey, can can we do this while I'm on the elliptical, please?" You're gonna have a Soul Cycle class, except it's gonna be all Harry Potter fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blast Hedwig's theme. Let's go! <laughs> oh man, Andrew, you could you could win big on like referrals if you just get like have a group to come over. Right, and have them all get little memberships or one day passes. Yeah, you could yeah. you could score big points. My yeah. apartment complex has a rooftop uh, balcony or rooftop like you know party area. I'm thinking of inviting everybody over and uh, throwing an exclusive there you party. Go. Par- party. Will at- there be a cover though? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm <laughs> leakycon.com/slash Andrew's party. You can buy tickets for my rooftop event, <laughs> where you can't see the Wizarding World because there's a tree blocking it. Oh, I thought you could see it last time. No, I thought you cut that tree no, down. No, not yet. Well, I c- you could see Universal, but you can't see the not castle. <laughs> I thought. I swear to God, last time I was there, we hopped a a, a railing and you could see it. You no no I don't think so I tried we gotta start a Kickstarter <laughs> or a Patreon perk that's actually get let's fund the cutting down of this offensive yeah, tree I would like that that's blocking yeah uh, I know what Pam's talking about I I try I was like hanging over the edge of a five story building trying to see the castle but that sounds so that was the last we ever saw of Andrew Sims. <laughs> <laughs> So in case people are wondering, MuggleCast uh, has really changed because we've, in the last five minutes or so, promoted um, taking shots, after-hours parties, and yes, cutting down trees. We are. I picked the best episode to come on. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you really would have enjoyed our 300th episode, particularly yes. the uh, end. I'll have to oh, go God. back and listen. <laughs> Do so at your own risk. <laughs> oh, oh, James, James, who's listening live on our Patreon, Patreon right now, he has a good idea. He says, "Blast the MuggleCast Hedwig's theme, the remix at, at the Soul Cycle class," and I'm holding. That's a great idea. Oh, that's cool. that'll get everybody pumped. By the way, we are broadcasting this live to our patrons uh, at Patreon.com/slash/MuggleCast. You can pledge two dollars or above to listen to us record live. Uh, okay, so let's get to some news. Let's start with, I guess this is the biggest news of the past couple of weeks, the Patronus quiz. We finally got the Patronus quiz. Oh my wow. gosh, I can't believe I'm saying these words. Now, this quiz was released not very long after our last episode, right? Where we talked about when we would get this quiz. Would it come before George R. R. Martin released The Winds of Winter or after? I know that was kind of more of an inside joke, but... I. I I think I'm right, right? That that we released our episode and not long thereafter this quiz finally yeah. was released. Well, are you saying that we're responsible? Is that what you're implying? I have the next Game of Thrones book actually, Micah, so oh. that that happened first. Okay. In you the weren't end. right, Micah. Just kidding. Well, um, is that just yeah, for you? Yeah, but the the I I know what um I know what you're saying. Micah likes to believe and say and he has in the past, right? Micah gets results. That's an episode of MuggleCast called that. It's every time Micah says something, Pottermore does it. So I, I, we, I think we all owe him a debt of all gratitude. Right, and for enough this patting ourselves quiz. on the back. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was really, really impressed by this Patronus quiz for multiple reasons. Uh, for one, it takes the whole idea of a personality quiz to a new level. It was just immersive. It was magical. It was interactive. You had to, you, you had to conduct a spell at the end of it it just i just 
it put every other personality quiz on the internet to shame. And further, uh, I I agree. I, I I it was very impressive that there are over 140 animals in this Patronus quiz as well. So there were a ton of different answers, and it was so fun those first couple of days watching everybody get the results. And Pottermore made it easy to to tweet and Facebook it, so you could see all all the animals your friends were getting. What did each of us get? I got a dolphin, but this quiz really stressed me out because I had no idea what was happening. And all of a sudden it was like, pick something. And I was like, wait, wait, there's no time. Yeah. And so I missed like the first question for sure. And they were like, no matter. I was like, no, I want to go back. Now I have an answer. You can't go back. That was part of the fun of it. It it kind of made you answer quickly or else you had to retake the questions. Yeah, and I actually we um on on hype we got some comments saying like oh well like I don't think it's accurate because I missed some questions and I said no no it is accurate because yeah. your first response was to not answer that question like your first response was to freak out therefore it's all indicative of what you get it's fine exactly it's good. <laughs> yeah uh, I got a sparrow hawk oh I'm so sorry hmm. why is is that like a tiny bird or is it a does it eat tiny birds for breakfast what's a sparrow hawk that's a great question, and I tried to learn more about the Sparrowhawk because when I was on Pottermore, there there was a place that you could click that said learn more about your Patronus, but when I tried to, it didn't take me anywhere. So I'm wondering if they changed that, if there's more information about these animals, or it's really more upon you to go out and find information. Now, I know there's an American Sparrowhawk, which I guess would be applicable to me there's also a eurasian sparrow hawk but they're they're pretty small birds yeah and uh they're birds of prey however Ooh. so they're not just yeah, you know because they're hawks eating berries oh. and twigs and stuff like that my patronus eats berries and twigs i think <laughs> what is it <laughs> it's uh there's a story behind this one it's a stoat which is uh, also known as ermine also known as little weasel uh <laughs> you know there's actually so you hear a little a weasel of- is that is that what we're taking well, away from this? Okay. Okay, first of all, if you look at the list of of animals, um a disp of Patronus animal results, which Mugglenut has one, Hypable has one, uh there are a disproportionate number of animals that are actually of the weasel family. Um and JK Rowling addressed this on Twitter, I think that day, uh the morning that it announced and and actually just continued to express her love for all members of the weasel family. Um, her own, uh, Patronus, if I'm remembering correctly, used to be, uh, something similar. So the, the, um, thing that I have a problem with though, is that there's a mention of Stoat in, uh, the first book, actually in book one, and it's because Hagrid serves it in a sandwich (laughs) to the trio. So are you going to have a Stoat sandwich to celebrate your Patronus (laughs) result? Yeah, so I tweeted at JKR, uh, and I was like, hey, I, I, f- I feel kind of victimized here because Hagrid, you know, killed my Patronus and tried to feed it to the kids. Um, what should I do? And when she didn't reply, um, I was like, well, what if I, you know, try and eat a stoat sandwich? Is that, is, is there any kind of special powers that that gives me if you actually eat your own Patronus? And so I went on like a week long search of where I could find oh, a stoat no. s- sandwich in Chicago. And it turns out you, you can't get it. Actually, even okay. in the U.S., the closest thing you can eat anywhere in the U.S. is just a squirrel, um, which I would never do. Um, well, and so one day, 
if I'm in Scotland, uh, which I, which is where they have, a, I believe, a surplus, uh, of stout, uh, I think I'll, I'll, I'll certainly want to try it. Um, because I think, you know, if Hagrid makes it, this, I, I'm surprised it's not in like the Harry Potter cookbook or that, you, you know, you can't get it more readily. Um, but yeah, I feel pretty victimized still. That, that so my you're gonna is, eat your is, own Patronus? Is that that's pretty disgusting. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't yeah. you? Uh, wouldn't you? No. Would no. I eat a sparrowhawk? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, what are we well, animals? Look, okay, it's not like those who. Okay, I would never eat a dolphin. Uh, oh, if my good. Patronus were a dolphin, I would never you eat a Jack have, Russell but... Terrier. I don't know. Hagrid already did, though. You guys, like, if the kid, if the kids were to be have been accepting of his food, they would have eaten my Patronus, and I just, I don't know how I feel about that. So the only way to overcome it. Is to consume. Is to you know. I don't know. My Patronus is getting very dark. About my result is one I will not eat. It is the West yeah. Highland Terrier. It's a, an adorable doggy. I just love getting him and then seeing him prance around the screen. I was tickled by it. Yeah, the the animation is really lovely. Um, yeah, even when you're answering the questions, you're flying through the trees. It looks like something out of like the first Twilight film. Um, but it's it's really good. Yeah, and I guess we all may have tried to think about, like, how these Patronuses reflect us. And, like, for me, it's, it's a dog. It's, it's loving. It, 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 it's always there for you. And I was like, oh, that's, that's really sweet. Did anybody, like, think deeper about what their Patronus selection could mean? I found it interesting that a description wasn't provided. Pottermore made all of this effort to have 140 plus options you know and uh, i'm just surprised that there i mean there, there's no this quiz wasn't put on out on any kind of special anniversary or birthday that we know of uh so it's not like there was this deadline so they released this awesome quiz it's a blast and a half to take um but then there's there's no description as to what you know what you get actually means unlike wands unlike literally everything else on pottermore where there's a reason behind it you know, none of these actually have any explanation provided. Go ahead, Pam. Oh, but I kind of like that, Eric, because it kind of forces you to um, find your own meaning mm. um, in in mm. the thing. Um, and I think sometimes it, it's like really helps people um, just accept what they got. But by pure happenstance alone, I'm a, as a true like child of the 90s, my grandparents used to get me dolphins all the time, like little dolphin figurines and like dolphin toys and Aww. things like that. So when I got a dolphin, I was like, oh, of course, Aww, like, this is perfect. So but, but it's just like, it was just pure happenstance. And, and I never would have like thought that it would have ended up being a dolphin. But when I saw it, I was like, <gasps> although I do kind of wish that those animations like, you know, at the end, like they allowed you to share your results. Like I thought that like some kind of gif was going to go over to like my Twitter or something. And it was just like this lime link to Pottermore. And yeah, that was nah. too bad because it would have been nice to see everybody's like little animals. I mean, if yeah. you if you have a dolphin, like you can totally be like, oh, dolphins are smart. I can see how, mm. you know, they're I also can protectors gain... like they, they've are been they? known to like they've been known to like save like um like sailors and humans and things like that. And like. They protect their own. They swim in like a pod. So it just, yeah, it's nice. So let, let, let me introduce you to stoats, okay? The stoat, oh, uh, Eric, Mustila, Ermenia, 
Uh, hang on. Also known as the short-tailed weasel, uh, in, in the late 19th century, stoats were introduced into New Zealand to control rabbits, where the stoats have had a devastating effect on native bird populations. So these weasels, they imported into a country to kill all the rabbits, which I love rabbits. I wish my Patronus were a rabbit. And then the stoats had, like, overrun the country and are killing birds. Ugh, I just feel terrible. There's no, I can't get something good out of this. <laughs> Um, there's no bright side well, for me. Well, re- regarding these additional additional information, in a press release when they announced this, when they launched this quiz, it said, quote, In the months to come, further new information and features will be revealed about the spell and its outcomes on Pottermore. So that kind of sounds like they might eventually release details. Now, that would take a lot of work on J.K. Rowling's part to write 140-plus different explanations so i imagine that's but why haven't they already because that's a lot of work and i mean is it really necessary because i do agree with pam you just kind of think about it for yourself it's not like in the wizarding world they get some sort of explanation unless there's a unless there's a book on it i guess there could be um a lot of people by the way were disappointed by their animals i think because there were just so many choices that you get an animal you've never heard of or you get like a little bird or like a mouse or something and you're like what oh i wanted a, a dolphin a cute doggy there's an orca whale there's a dragon yeah and some people are getting like really dumb ones like micah's no offense micah oh i'm sorry did you say something <laughs> no <laughs> no i didn't say anything uh but- i'd fly down and peck out the eyes of your terrier <laughs> way to take the high road also way too brutal <laughs> uh, my my terrier will, will eat responses. your will or yeah will eat your dumb bird take that <laughs> west highland terrier <laughs> i choose you uh, anyway oh nice to see this quiz is finally out there like i said i think it was really impressive very immersive very beautiful brings personality quizzes to the next level and, that's and that, that was also our question of the week, though, I think this would probably be a good time to see what listeners oh, yeah. thought of the Patronuses that they received. I, I was actually, I, I know you're you're making light of the Sparrowhawk, but I, I wasn't, I didn't have any objection to it. <laughs> I am just messing with you. It's it's fine. But tell, tell us what some of our listeners got. Okay, so uh, Kaylin Renee Harris said, I got an Irish wolfhound. It's absolutely perfect for me. Mm. See, some people like just that. know. They don't need the explanation. <laughs> just... I know. It's like everybody. These these are actually these these question of the week responses are a great indicator of what, what Pamela was saying too. like you research it for yourself. And like by going online and, you know, Andrew, you said too, like you really find that meaning just by a quick couple searches. Yeah. Well, and. I mean, honestly, if I got an Irish wolfhound, that sounds pretty badass. I would be pretty happy to. Uh, Trust My Rage. Great name. Uh, I'm pretty happy that I got a Manx cat. I researched the characteristics of the breed, and I feel it fits me well. Christina Vorko said, I got an Osprey. I think it fits. I love researching online as soon as I found out my Patronus. So, yeah, to, to both Pam and Eric's point, we see a lot of people doing their own research here and um, finding out exactly the characteristics of these different animals 
Yeah, in part because a lot of these we never heard of before. <laughs> and so many cats. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I got a what? Anne Panpone. I think that's how you say that. Uh, she got a night jar. I don't know anything about it other than that it's a bird, which I'd say it's fitting since I love the idea of flying. This is me grasping at straws, by the way. I do not feel very connected to the night jar, but the quiz itself was a gorgeous A++. There's an opportunity for Pottermore explanation. Night jar does sound awesome. Oh, and by the way, if if J.K. Rowling would have given us explanations for all these, it would have been like a horoscope gone bad. You'd, you'd look at it and be like, well, that's not me at all. Well, there's a way to it's like the welcome letters though in the houses though. There's a way of doing it where it's like very non specific. Like it's yeah, broad. You will like live where you can read a lot. A it. good life. Some <laughs> yeah. fortune may be in fortune your future. Fortune cookie explanation. You will yeah, think yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. love within the next 3 weeks probably. Here's here's um here's here's a couple more responses. Chrissy said I got a white mare. Not sure what it says about me, but I love it. Fantastic leak said an adder. Snake. I'm a snake. That was pretty funny. Um ooh, somebody else got a night jar, someone we know, Cullen, got a night jar. I'm super excited. It's a bird, but look at these judgmental eyes. Fits me perfectly. There's actually a photo of a night jar and it is not impressed that the photographer was present taking yes. this photo of its it. Its eyes are like half open. Maybe it had a rough um, night. Rebecca uh rebecca said i got a blackbird which i'm very happy with as soon as i saw it i knew it was right and then you know what did anybody else retake did you did you guys try and retake it and see if anything changed i want to let's get through these and then i want to talk about that Ferranian said got buzzard wasn't happy took again with different email got thestral guess i have seen death up close and flown on Spookium says, got an otter like Hermione, would have liked a non-canon one, but I accept it as I, too, have an undying love for Ronald Weasley. When I imagined mine a long time ago, I imagined it as a miniature schnauzer. Okay, so he thinks he's a dog. Is that what I'm taking away here? Yeah. She. 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 Who knows? Uh, Cian Zoe Dawson. I was surprised by my result, but I'm okay with it now. I'm a Siberian cat. <laughs> Pretty cool. Sultana, I got a rune spore, and apparently they're rare. As a Slytherin, I don't mind at all. At Ginger Prince 28 says, yes, I got a pheasant, slowly coming around to accepting it. <laughs> <laughs> Troy says, I got a rat. I've researched about it, and I've come to really like getting it as my Patronus. That's that's interesting. Like, did Troy not like rats beforehand? And I guess obviously never had any reason to look up rats. And now they're he's like, oh, rats are good, good, good animals. Yeah. I think there's a difference too between getting it as your animagus and getting it as your Patronus, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are they what not is one in the same? They're not though. I we we're spoiled in Harry Potter by like having characters who it's literally the same uh, for, but I think they're really different. I would argue that they're completely different facets of one's persona. Finally, Holly said, I got a gray squirrel. At first disappointed, but now squirrels keep coming up to me. (laughs) I get the impression (laughs) it's working. Talitha says, I got a dolphin. 
I don't know if I'm happy with it. And finally, Timothy says, West Highland Terrier. I like dogs, but my friends say it doesn't seem right for me. And I agree. I needed more time. So here's the thing about taking the quiz multiple times, like we were just about to talk about. Um, We got an email from someone about this as well. My opinion on taking it multiple times, because the, the person who emailed and she said, I took it multiple times. I don't know which one should be my Patronus. Help. Here's my advice to everybody, whether it's the Patronus quiz, the sorting quiz, or any other quiz that Pottermore puts out. Take the first one and stick with yeah. it. None of this yeah. multiple times nonsense. Just do it once and don't think about it because I, I hate to bring this up and ruin the magic a little bit, but these results, like, they're not like brilliantly tailored to the person taking them. So you just got to accept whatever you get. I mean, I, I think I would probably agree with part of that, which is take what you first get. I mean, I don't know, too, like, uh, if I can if I can spoil, uh, not spoil, but if I can let the secret out, G- uh, Gina first got a uh, dolphin when she tried, but she didn't like it. She didn't think it fit her at all. And I'm like, who doesn't like dolphins? But she's like, I don't like it. And so just like Talitha wrote, you know, I got a dolphin. I don't know if I'm happy with it. I still don't know who doesn't like dolphins, but like <laughs> right. it, it's as, as a Patronus, you know, people tend to think that it should be something else. If you have an indicator or if you have an indicator, if you have an inkling, what your Patronus is fine. That's your Patronus. Like don't, don't blame Pottermore for not having what you know to be true in your heart is your Patronus. Like just go with that. Like this is not a make or break sort of situation. It's like house sorting, right? You get, so- I got sorted in a Hufflepuff after years of dressing as a Gryffindor. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, conflicted. Sure. A little bit, but like, you know, just if I, I kind of then came to see that Hufflepuff was closer. And I think that honestly, a lot of these, like, uh, I, I don't think this was just made up completely for fun. I think it is, you know, I think they really did put effort into figuring out, uh, the logistics of, Clicking yeah. what means what. I, I think Pottermore really did some things, but is it definitive? I mean, it's not like overriding canon. It's just a, a good, you know, fun thing that's allowing you to maybe learn more about yourself if you were a wizard, but it's all fake. So just, yeah. you know, take it, take it <laughs> with a, as much of a, a grain of salt as you want. Also, they've been known to change Patronuses. So maybe you get this one your first time and in a couple of years, you can just exactly. feel better knowing that yours will change. Mm-hmm. Most wizards, I'm pretty sure this is canon too. Most wizards like can't even conjure a Patronus. Like Patronuses have hit the spotlight because of Harry Potter, but everyone thought it was really impressive in the uh, Wizengamo when they were asking Harry about it. And so I, I bet most wizards in the wizarding world don't even know what theirs is. Yeah. So we are all very lucky. By the way, the person who emailed me was Aletha. So thank you for that email. I did email her back and try to soothe her because she was very stressed out about it. Oh, <laughs> I agree though, with all the points that have been made so far, you know, these, these are just for fun. I don't think we need to take them overly serious. Uh, when, when we do them and i i do understand though how people can be a little bit disappointed uh especially if there's no explanation i i think if there were more explanations uh it may help people better understand why it was that that they got a particular patronus i think that that would be something that they should look to do moving forward and and yeah it's great to go out and do research on your own and there's some fun to that but for a lot of people, I, I think what they were expecting was when they got their Patronus, there would be something there, some summary 
that would help to better explain why. So once again, Pottermore, may, great job. That may still come. So, so yeah. uh, that's that. Let's move on to some other news now. The Chamber of Secrets Illustrated Edition has arrived. Anybody pick it up yet? I have not. Physically, I... yes, but I have not bought it. <laughs> Physically, yeah, okay. <laughs> Literally speaking, yes, I did pick it up. Physically, I picked it up at Barnes & Noble. But... <laughs> Window shopped it, huh? <laughs> exactly. Why was that not an instant buy for you, Pamela? Are you not a real Harry Potter no, fan? No, it's because I know I'm going to get three copies for Christmas, so <laughs> I've been told to stay away. <laughs> uh, okay. So you're going to wait You're gonna wait <sighs> 10 weeks to I, get, I wish to I didn't get this have book. to. Well, she didn't but... wait 10 weeks. You, you, <laughs> no. you, you paged through it. Christmas could just do me a I favor did. and come sooner this I, year. Well, that would, be, that would be nice. Yeah, I'm on like, everybody's like, don't get yourself like X, Y, and Z. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll make shopping easier for somebody that won't know what to get me. Yeah. And it's like, I felt like that was a nice thing to do, okay? <laughs> so so what do you think of it? So you're really biting the bullet. Jeez. I I think it, there's these are so beautiful. Like I I have never I have copies of like you know just like the first books I I got obviously like when they all started coming out and I have the whole set in Spanish because that's like I'm I'm bilingual. But this is like the only other set I've ever felt compelled to buy because it's so beautiful. Yes, it's so beautiful and I love it's just like all the little cadences like the detail. The diagonality, like all of the shops, like seeing how they're imagined, like all of the the spiders, like going through the whole, oh my gosh, it was great. It's yeah. beautiful. I, I wrote a review on Hypeable. I was, I had similar thoughts. It is, I think, I, I, I wrote this in the review. I don't think there's ever been a line of merchandise in the Harry Potter fandom that has been more of a must have than the original seven books. Because these, whether you've been a fan forever or you're a relatively recent fan or you haven't read Harry Potter yet, this is the perfect thing to pick up right now. The illustrations are just gorgeous. I love turning every page and seeing some stunning stunning illustrations. There, there was a couple of times in Chamber of Secrets I turned the page and I was just like, wow. He, Jim K really does, the illustrator really does surprise you. And... I personally think that his illustrations are amazing. I can't imagine any other illustrator doing this because I think they represent J.K. Rowling's book so well. Uh, so I, the only negative thing I had to say about it was I did notice there weren't as many illustrations. I counted about, oh, I had the number in here. Where is it? I counted about 82 illustrations in Chamber of Secrets, whereas Sorcerer's Stone had about 98. And I'm a little worried that Scholastic and Bloomsbury are going to keep the pressure on him to release one of these once a year. And as these books get longer, like Goblet of Fire, uh, that may not be enough time a year to prepare. And of course, he's working on these books like before, like he's been working on Prisoner of Azkaban for a few months. But of course, it has to get to the printer and whatnot. And they already have Prisoner of Azkaban scheduled for um, October. So I'm, I'm hoping that... October give... of 17. Yeah. So I'm hoping they give him the time he needs for Goblet of Fire. Or the... I mean, everything after Goblet of Fire is going to need a lot of time. Because we <laughs> yeah. would like to see a, a, uh, an illustration every one or two pages. In Chamber of Secrets, there were some pages you would you would flip three or four pages without seeing an illustration, and that's a little weird in an illustrated edition. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, maybe they'll split you know, those books. You know, like they did. Yeah. With, yeah, that would be. Or just, or just, just bad jokes. Here's, here's. Oh, I get it. That's 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 funny. That is funny. Um, <laughs> I, they have one chance to to get these right. Don't screw it up. Give him as much time as he needs. Publish them like like let Goblet of Fire come out in 2019, two years after, um, Prisoner of Azkaban. Because Agreed. once they do this, they can't go back and do this again, I don't think. Make these the definitive <laughs> the illustrated, illustrated editions. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's there's one other thing about Jim K's images that were pointed out to me for Chamber of Secrets, and this is uh I think it's gonna be a little controversial. Most of the world probably doesn't have this book yet, but uh it was brought to my attention from an internal MuggleNet group that there are no pictures of Ginny Weasley. In all of the illustrated Chamber of Secrets yeah. uh, books, Ginny does not appear at all in any of them. And she's kind of a big deal in Chamber of Secrets, the book. Yeah. It's her diary. It's her writing in the diary. Uh, and she is taken into the chamber. This was an incredible oversight. Uh, and it actually quite shocks me that that could be a reality. Yeah, I agree with that. That is surprising, given, like you said, Ginny is a important part of Chamber of Secrets. So you would have thought um, she'd be in there. You got a nice picture of Dobby's butt, though. <laughs> yeah, that was a surprise. There's a yeah, you see that's in the document for for patrons uh, <laughs> who are listening at home. You see Dobby's bare ass running down the stairs. I was like, oh, I never expected this to this to get illustrated. It must have been cold <laughs> in the Dursleys, though. Now, Jesus. Micah, do we know? Now if I regret House pasting elves this image. I regret pasting this image have in the uh, genitalia. Doc. Tweet no, J.K. Rowling I mean, and ask somebody, please listening. He's, go I do hate, that. I hate to compliment the the features of a house elf, but he does have nice calves. That left calf is like very defined. Yeah, he definitely Dobby definitely works out. <laughs> running up, <laughs> rubbing, running up and down those Malfoy stairs all day. Yeah, yeah. but separately, uh, just talking about these illustrated editions, I do have Sorcerer's Stone and, and plan to get Chamber of Secrets. Uh, the one thing I wonder though is that do you see these books being used as replacements for maybe kids that are growing up now uh to have these illustrated editions uh, as opposed to the the real thing the the the, the first editions of of the yeah. series that were released and and so does that and we've had these conversations uh as it relates to the movies but does that taint a little bit the the image of this world you know is it is it being created for these readers that may be reading for the first time as opposed to them using their own imagination to see what it looks like to uh, them. That That's a good question. You may remember Pottermore hit all the faces originally when they were doing their illustrations because they didn't want to ruin the imaginations of, of people, um, of, of readers. I, I think this is a fine replacement for new generations because all the words are still there. That, that there are tons of illustrations, but we're kind of we already have these characters in our heads anyway. If you're if you've seen the movies, um, not that these illustrations are necessarily inspired by the movie. The illustrator has said that's not the case, but they 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 aren't dissimilar. <laughs> mm. Yeah, <laughs> right. But if you're if you're reading for the first time, you know, you're you're 
perception of different characters and places or will be influenced by you know, by what you see in these illustrated editions not assuming that you haven't seen the movies yet right so yeah i i i think i think this is fine it, it the problem is these aren't portable they're not easy to take around on a bus or a plane these books are big so in that they're regard they're only going to get bigger they may not be the best way to read right like do you want to tote this around order the phoenix illustrated edition around that's going to be a big book <laughs> it'll, it'll come with a backpack it'll come yeah. with a suitcase that has the books in it. yeah right can you ebook an illustrated edition yeah sure you can ebook anything but but i don't think they want to yeah. do that this is i think these are meant to be on the page printed anyway that's the illustrated edition Definitely, if 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 you're a Harry Potter, I mean, obviously everybody listening is a Harry Potter fan. Ask for this as a holiday gift. You know you want it if you if you've seen it if you've seen the Sorcerer's Stone one, and you know that like once you I buy the think... first one, you can't not have the remaining six. <laughs> and they just, <laughs> oh jeez, they just look yeah. beautiful on your shelf. They they've just done such a great job with this. Anyway, I can't hold out till Christmas. I'm gonna get this for myself. Oh, for yourself. Eric, I'll I'll have Santa bring it oh. bring it bring it for you. <laughs> so I'm not gonna wait ten weeks. Oh, okay. So those two stories alone were were pretty big, but believe it or not, there's a ton more exciting news. A new Fantastic Beast trailer was released. This is oh, yes the final Fantastic Beast trailer, supposedly. Um, interesting part of it here was that Grindelwald was mentioned. Eric, can you please explain to us what Grindelwald's mentioned? No. What? Nope. Oh, because you already know? I know nothing. Uh, Well, no, just in the context of the trailer, can you explain? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, I think it's Serafina Pickery, right, in the trailer, uh, the president of Makuza, who says, "Uh, this is not dissimilar from the Grindelwald attacks in Europe. And I think she is trying to say that um, the U.S. is facing, because of these beasts that have been released that she's facing, that they're facing a big issue, a, an epidemic uh, that's going to raise, you know, tensions tenfold, just like the concurrent attacks in Europe. Uh, this shout out to Grindelwald, this name dropping, which I think has really sparked not only an interesting article on Hypable, but lots of Twitter talk, lots of buzz, lots of conversation, is really confusing to me. Actually, is my opinion on it, because it seems a little early, even by Fantastic Beast standards, for Grindelwald to be terrorizing Europe. This is uh, 1926 that Fantastic Beast is taking place in, and Dumbledore, uh, who was name-dropped in an earlier trailer, uh, you know, ends up defeating Grindelwald in 1945. That's their showdown where, you know, it finally ends... And that's 19 years later from from 1926. Uh, so if Grindelwald is already terrorizing Europe, as this trailer would lead us to believe, it means that Dumbledore just sat on his butt for 19 years, nearly 20 years, without actually defeating Grindelwald. Like, it's too soon for me for Grindelwald to ha- be in this picture. Well, too soon, but we do have a trilogy ahead of us, so... There's plenty of time for it to happen. Right. 
right? Yeah. So do you guys, um, th- I mean, it would seem to be that Newt is somehow going to be involved in the Dumbledore versus Grindelwald situation, it would seem, right? Right. Right. Um, and that's confusing to and- me because I thought these movies were about beasts getting loose. And, you know, well, the, the, go on. Yes, but think but but think about it this way. And and I don't know if I mentioned this on a recent episode, but I've been getting the feeling recently that Fantastic Beasts is going to pivot into a very different story by the second or third movie. We've heard that a big character from the Harry Potter world, we're going to be seeing their younger selves have a prominent role in the second Fantastic Beast movie. Um, we heard J.K. Rowling say at a Cursed Child event that Fantastic Beasts is more previewy of the Harry Potter world than p- people realize. J.K. Rowling also said, was it in this trailer or it was it was something else very recent where she said that she revealed if there was anything she was going to write in the Wizarding World after Harry Potter, this was it. It's actually so in that, there's just a that lot Pottermore. Of s- piece that she wrote on uh Makusa. she said okay. after the potter books this was always where i was interested in going i didn't okay. even see her comment on that i just read the content i didn't even see her her quote that that that's mm. interesting so eric mentioned this article that selena wrote on hypable um selena surmises that uh graves is doing the same thing as grindelwald was doing that's probably what the Bakuza president president is referencing. And I mean, it all makes sense to me. Well, he's seen in this trailer, right? I, I think he said in an interview, too, that he's going to try and his character Graves uh, recruits or tries to recruit Ezra's character uh, or the character yeah. Ezra. And like they're shown in this trailer and Graves is totally like, who we have to ask us who this uh what this uh statute of secrecy protects us or them and it's all kind of like clearly he's manipulating this younger wizard to break out and defy the law or defy you know seraphina it doesn't seem like he's on the side of the government is at first i thought he was a foil for no. for just newt you know he's an r who he's got a heck of a day ahead of him because all these beasts are loose but now i'm thinking there's something more sinister to graves because he's in an alleyway coercing really? this young man yeah i really see, think I, that the trailer indicates that i could be completely off but i see graves as one of those misunderstood type of characters that could potentially come around before the end of the movie or maybe oh like a case, snape the end of the series Kind of like a Snape, but the more that you know, you've talked about this, the more maybe I need to reconsider my perception of him. Uh, but you no, know, I love in, your perception in in the in the Pottermore article ab- about Makuza, uh, you know, a descendant, or, or I should say, Graves is descended from one of the first Aurors uh, that were trained in the United States under the first right. president. So. Uh, clearly, there's a long lineage of magical history for Graves and his family, and so maybe you know it, it reminds me a bit of of a Malfoy uh, within the Ministry of Magic, and and you know there's nothing to say that being on the side of the government, we don't we don't know that the president uh, currently uh, of Makuza is doing the right things. We're just assuming, 
right? Uh, we've seen how the government can really be ignorant of so many of the things that that's going on around them. That's a really Cornelius good point. Fudge certainly comes to mind, but uh, I think it's just something we're going to have to watch play out. But I, I go back to what Andrew was saying that really the direction of this three part series is is going to change right there's there's going to be a focus in this movie about getting the beasts and uh hopefully capturing them all and and there's sort of a a fun feeling about all of that right kind of like we got in sorcerer's stone and, and even to an extent in chamber of secrets but there will be a pivot where it this this is going to lay the groundwork for future films and i wonder you know are the beasts going to be captured not all by newt are they going to be used for evil purposes how does a character like grindelwald play into that uh there's a lot of questions for me when i i actually wouldn't be surprised if future movies aren't titled fantastic beasts and blah blah blah. it could have a completely different title which may be dictators and where to find them um oh yeah oh yeah okay so maybe (laughs) instead of beasts it could be okay i was thinking it would if they did keep the same title it would be fantastic beast ads just like harry potter ads um but eric you mentioned ezra miller's character remember that character is the son of a woman who hates wizards and witches and she's part of the no salem or no second salem group so she wants to prosecute wizards and witchers again wizards again meanwhile her son is probably a wizard himself but mom doesn't know it yet. That's my guess. Yeah. And so Graves is going to cozy up to Ezra Miller's character. <laughs> Should really just look up his name. And and they're going to kind of work together as the rebels in some regard to 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 bring equality, I guess, yeah. to America for, for wizards. I forget there's that. And le- meanwhile, this is going to be rough yeah. for Ezra Miller's character because his mom hates people like right him. there's that extra level of nuance here and, and it's brought up in the makuza uh background as well which i know we're talking about later but um the extra layer of there are uh wizards who hate wizard or there were the the scourers which are actually bad so there's bad guys within the wizarding community good guys within the wizarding community good guys that are muggles that just don't know and then there's like all these extra like ezra's mom's character who ha- who knows I guess she's a muggle, but she knows about wizards, but hates wizards. And so there's that extra level of like, might not be a bad guy, just is like either ignorant or not fully informed or, you know, any of that. So I don't know. I still like Micah's take yeah. the best that this Graves character is more of like a Snape. Um, I'm just kind of. might be like a, yeah, go on. You know, I'm, what I'm kind of wondering is like, um, why he feels the need to take this idea of his like underground because He's like recruiting off on the side, but I just kind of feel like there must be other people within the government that feel the same way as him. Like, I would not be surprised if it's like, if it's two opposing sides. So I'm wondering if they're going to get into that, but it is like, to me, it's like, it could also be a red herring. It's just kind of seedy to see him like, um, trying to, yeah, (laughs) like why if he's like this prominent, but I don't know, like, because I feel especially because it's taking place, um, so far back in history, like a lot of those viewpoints were kind of more brought out to the surface. Like it makes sense for Lucius Malfoy to keep his like hate of like, um, you know, muggle-borns deep down and like secret, but it wouldn't make sense for me in the 1920s, especially 
in America where like race relations were not the best at this time. We already see that there's like a divide for this to be kept so secret. So I am interested to see how that plays out. Okay. Specifically. Well, let's continue moving on here. Before Fantastic Beast hits theaters, Warner Brothers and IMAX are going to remind us why we're so excited in the first place. All eight Harry Potter movies are returning to IMAX theaters, select IMAX theaters, for one week only. It begins this Thursday, October 13th. There's also going to be new previews of Fantastic Beasts during these movies. It's a really good deal. You can buy this festival pass thing. It gets you access to all eight movies. You can see them as many times as you want for 30 bucks. Oh, my God. You could go see Sorcerer's Stone five times, Chamber three times, Deathly Hallows four times. You can see them all as many times as you want throughout this week. Thirty dollars, great deal. Um, I actually, I actually think most people are excited about this because it is a chance to see them on the big screen again. All the movies. Uh, people were really excited by this news when it when it broke on October third, and I think it shows you how much people still love these movies. I know those Harry Potter marathons that always run on ABC Family. People love to tune into those or, of course, rewatch their own DVDs or Blu-rays. But this is a chance to relive an experience you haven't had in five years since Deathly Hallows Part 2 came out. And the fact that it's so cheap, too, it's 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 just awesome. Um, I'm going to be traveling during this week, so unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be able to make any of these. Oh. But I, I I'm excited to see friends return to the theater to watch these harry potter movies and this was a great idea by the way imax's website was broken the evening that they announced this shock. so i think there's a lot of demand well it, it kind of is shocking no, isn't I, it that so many people want to see yeah. no i don't think so i i agree with what eric was saying about the opportunity to see the first few movies and and quite honestly i think goblet of fire was the first movie that I saw in theaters uh, because by the time in, in 2005 uh, when I really got into the series, so I got into it probably a bit later uh, than most people on on the podcast right now, uh, those other three movies had already been released uh, and I had already seen them, whether it was you know on, on DVD or on television. So the opportunity to go back and, and to see those original movies, Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, uh, in a movie theater, I think, uh, is is really cool. It also kind of helps, like, the new fans. I feel like anytime you see all those, like, lists online that say, like, you know, you're a true Harry Potter fan if a lot of the comments are always, you know, newer people to the fandom saying like well i wasn't a fan like when this happened or i wasn't old enough to remember xyz and so you're kind of giving them an opportunity to experience this in this second time around and so that that's really nice as well because then they'll be able to say that they do understand how magical it was to see something like a sorcerer stone prisoner of azkaban like on the big screen and right. stuff. so that's really nice yeah and i also think too that you know that in these situations, you're going to be surrounded by Potter fans, right? For the most part. I mean, these are people who really oh, care yeah. about the books and care about the movies. And I remember, uh, particularly with the last couple of films, and I know for Deathly Hallows Part 2, when we were all in Orlando, watching the movie with, with other people who, you know, 
care a lot about the series. And, and so I think that's a different experience than just walking into a theater uh, and you, you don't know who you're sitting next to or who's around you and how much they really care. You know, oh, I just I got to see the movie because I've seen all the others or I'm taking my kids or something like that. So I, I just think that it, it'll be a cool experience for a lot of people. Yeah, good times. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the movies come into theaters outside of IMAX, like a bunch of AMC's or something. That's what I want do a big marathon. The, yeah, the IMAX is like there. There aren't very many close to me, so it doesn't make sense for me to go out to something like this. But if it was closer, I would totally. This is something that I would do. I think it would be a great, um, like you know, spending of thirty dollars and yeah, but yeah, um, it seems. I mean, there are eight movies, so that's difficult, I guess, to schedule, but. The Lord of the Rings, they did that with The Hobbit. Um, I think Star Wars did similar things. So We asked um, a benefit that uh, our $5 patrons have is we asked them a question for each episode for them to answer. We asked, if, which Harry Potter movie must you see in IMAX next week? Because like I said, a lot of people are excited yeah. about this. Kieran said, I would see Philosopher's Stone. I didn't start seeing the movies in theaters until the fifth one, so I'd love to see the beginning of the series on the big screen. Somebody here didn't... You, Eric, you weren't a fan until Prisoner of Azkaban no, movie, right? No, 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 but I wasn't a fan until the first movie. So the movie... Oh, the that's movies, what it was. Yeah, that okay. was what it was for me. Was that you, Micah? When did you... Yeah, well, well, as, as I just mentioned, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see Goblet of Fire, I believe, was the first movie that I saw in theaters. Uh, so oh, okay. I, I wasn't a fan until oh five. You know when I when I got a chance to read the books uh, that summer, and I think at that time it would have just been prior to the release of Half Blood Prince. And then I read that, and well, the rest is history. Being on this podcast for the last eleven years, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Grace said, "Deathly Hallows Part Two for sure. Always the most emotional and spectacle driven film for me." I I agree with that. I think um, if I had to pick one, it would probably be Deathly Hallows Part 2. Just that end scene, to see that in IMAX again, I would love it. Um, Doug said, I'm going to cheat and say Deathly Hallows Parts 1 and 2. Erwin says, Sorcerer's Stone for me. I never got to see it on the big screen, and it's where it started there for the movies. Go. Yeah, I I imagine the early films are probably going to be the most popular for for that reason. Um, Roxanne said, while it's not my favorite, if I had to choose one, it'd be Sorcerer's Stone for this reason. I'd got to see movies three through eight in IMAX the first time around, so I'd pick one of the first two. I gotta say, for it's knowing that you can get a festival pass for 30 bucks, I'm totally going to do that. Like, I'll go after work or something this week uh, if I have to, because seeing that... Yeah. I mean, it's $30, like, it's clearly not a money grab on the part of, you know, WB, I don't think. I mean, a single IMAX ticket can be no. upwards of $20. This is purely to get people excited for Fantastic Beasts again. I think it'll work. That's a good that, That's, that's, that's what it's for. And is it, sorry, you yeah. may have said this, but is it a single entry, so you, once you use it, you can't come back, or you can come back throughout the course of the well, week? That that festival pass, you can go back as many times as you want. You can see the same film multiple times, too, with the same pass, by the way. It just covers <laughs> everything. But then you can buy individual tickets as well. You don't have to go on IMAX's site, by the way. You can also go on um, Fandango. 
Um, and speaking of Fantastic Beasts, the main theme was revealed. So the the Hedwig's theme, mm. if you will, of Fantastic Beasts. Are you ready? We're going to listen to it now. This is exciting, kind of. Wait, it sounds just like Harry Potter. Yeah, this is Harry Potter. So, you know, it goes on and on. It's about two and a half minutes long. I like it. I don't. <gasps> what? Well, I, 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 I will say that about one minute and 40 seconds in, it gets amazing. But I, I think All I right. think it starts. Let's yeah, let's play okay. that part. Right? Okay, it's fine. This is what I want. This is the Fantastic Beast movie I want. That's fantastical. The, the beginning is so bombastic. True. It's so it's so mm. bombastic. It's it's outright. It's uh, oh no, there's a neat like a giant. You know, it's I I don't I'm not interested, but I I love what it opens up. Into. That that part we just played reminds me of like the build mode in The Sims. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Well, if you look at um, if you look at James Newton Howard, uh, who is composing uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and look at what el- what else he's done. He did The Hunger Games. He did Mockingjay, Snow White and the Huntsman. Some some more recent films: Maleficent, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight. These are all every single one of them is like an in- intense uh, scenarios, larger than life superhero. If you go back, he also did King Kong, which is perfect for for this um but i i really love the sense of wonder and awe that the harry potter scores were all able to to convey um and so again the second half of the main title is for me because the music captures that more than just this other you know super aspect of danger and peril it is kind of all over the place it's weird that a main theme goes like dark and then like bright. Yeah, that kind of surprised me. But it's sort of like an overture or a, med- or a medley or like a you know something that you do like a, a sampling of all the little themes. Yeah, and by the way, this is uh, the score. If you want to maybe add it to your phone or whatever, it's it's on Spotify already, Apple Music, all that. Um. By the way, just looking at these comments again about what movie people would see in theaters, I have to read this one from Allie. She says, part two, I want to hear, not my daughter, you bitch, again, in full surround sound. <laughs> yeah, that'd be worth it. Yeah. I'm going to see Goblet of one. Fire in IMAX so I can hear, I love magic, uh, in oh, surround sound. You don't want to hear, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Oh, God, you're right. I'll leave. I'll leave <laughs> before that happens. Oh, Pamela. Uh, <laughs> or we could just all agree to collectively boo yeah, during. You could play your potty break and then Yes, <laughs> good call. Not my Dumbledore. Not uh, hashtag, hashtag not my Dumbledore. <laughs> oh my gosh! Bring the signs, guys. <laughs> oh man, 
I would actually want to see Half Blood Prince too, because those scenes of Harry and Dumbledore in the cave—that would be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's when Michael Gammon finally understood what he was doing. Yeah. Well, to credit to David Yates, I guess. Maybe yeah, I don't know who it's a credit for. He's just let loose and not really tamed for years. But Michael Gambon's an, an actor. He'll do what he's told. I, that's I think. true. He just yeah. didn't understand the character in Goblet, and Mike Newell didn't bother to explain it. No, to him Mike or Newell wanted the tension. He wanted the the energy mm. of shaking him mm. against the wall. Mm-hmm. That's why he lasted one movie. <laughs> right. I remember hearing. I don't. I can't remember who told me this, but I remember hearing that Mike Newell just the cast didn't really like him. Oh, I didn't hear that at all. He just. I I think he just had bad relations with everybody, like kind of an angry director. And anyway, um, one other news story we want to mention. So I don't know if you guys have noticed. Maybe you've been to Hot Topic recently, or one of these stores like Hot Topic. A uh, lot of new Harry Potter merchandise recently. Have you guys noticed that? Oh my god. Barnes & Noble is like a treasure trove for unnecessary yeah. Potter paraphernalia. Yeah. Yeah. It's it I've I've loved going into Hot Topic and seeing the latest stuff. They have like a cool Marauders they have a Marauders map button down t shirt. Like it's oh. it's not a t shirt, a button down shirt. It's like one of those Hawaiian shirts, you know? Yeah, but, I can but dig it's that. the Marauders map. Where? Yeah, Barnes it's pretty Noble? cool. No, Hot Topic. Oh, Hot Topic. I have a, I have a towel, saw... Marauder's Map towel. Okay, that's does cool. It, does it do anything if you are drying off and you say mischief managed? No, no. Okay. <laughs> drying off after what exactly? Um, oh, okay. Um, uh, there's also a shirt that has like the four Marauders on it. It says like uh, Wormtail, Prongs, yeah, Moody, yeah. Moody, you know, like the four of them on like in a, like a circle so anyway there's all this new merchandise is pretty cool and now and of course we we all know that the there's tons of harry potter funkos now which is awesome now there's a harry potter official harry potter loot crate box we all know loot crate is the things that you subscribe for for like 25 dollars a month and you get new stuff mailed to you now there's an official one it's gonna have stuff from harry potter and fantastic beasts and they start at i think it's around 25 per month Interestingly, people who are with who have done loot crates are probably familiar with this. When you sign up for the Wizarding World one, it asks you uh, your shirt size, your gender, and also asks what Hogwarts house you're in. So they're going to send you stuff tailored to your Hogwarts house, which I think is pretty cool. That's cool. This isn't an ad, by the way, but I just I, I thought it was really exciting for fans because loot crates are a pretty big deal. They're actually thirty. Uh, the, the, you can get it for as cheap as thirty two ninety nine, but you have to order six crates for a year. Oh, and man. are they random? Yeah. I mean, I'm not as familiar with how it works. Well, yeah, that's the fun of it. You don't really know what you're getting, so it's kind of like getting a Christmas present, a holiday present over the year. You open it up and like, oh, look at all this stuff. I think it's very interesting to explore, you know, on our podcast, like the recent resurgence of merchandise. I think it, it's clearly just leading up to. Yeah. Fantastic beast, but all this stuff is very, very interesting. It is. It, it's. 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 Ex- like I said, it's exciting to see in the stores, and the, it's been fun to see the new stuff. They have shirts that say "Always" on it, yeah. like stuff that fans really identify with. Uh, I think they have their pulse on what people are looking for. You know what too. I want? 
merchandise wise Here, here's here's what i want out of harry potter merchandise this is probably on the line closer to uh on the list of like rejected harry potter merchandise but i want uh stiletto shoes that release ink so that when you walk around you make the footprints that are like on the marauders map that's what i want out. i would wear those you act you <laughs> but... actually want these <laughs> thank that you. sounds like a terrible thank idea you. i would Pamela. wear those but everybody would hate you it'd have to be like yes. invisible ink if it but was invisible, like, that would be way cooler. It just okay, like left okay. no footprint, but you could it, see it for like three seconds. But like that's my favorite. Like the art department of Harry Potter did amazing <laughs> things, but those little footprints on the Marauders map when you're walking are the best. That would go down as well as the vibrating as broomstick. The vibrating Thank broomstick. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, okay. So what if um it'd be cool if there's a Marauders? Sorry, I'm a little <laughs> congested right now. Um, what it'd be cool if there was a Marauders map app, and like you and all your friends could sign up for okay. it, and then the world Sold. looks like the Marauders map, and you could see their footprints walking around slowly, <sighs> like there's three steps and then they disappear. Yeah. Wouldn't that be Didn't cool? Google That'd be cool. Have something like that where you could like always see where your contacts were. They had the Google. Yeah, like, it was really creepy. It wasn't an official thing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was creepy. And also, this app that I'm proposing would be a total iPhone battery burner. Or in case of Samsung Exploder. <laughs> Sounds like Pokemon Go a little but, bit. But this is a missed opportunity for um, like Harry Potter conventions. Like if a LeakyCon made a Marauder's Map app and it would help you like find all your friends and you could then... track people that way within like the confines of one space. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. That would be cool. So that's MuggleCast, episode 302 for this week. We are going to record a bonus MuggleCast right now for our patrons. We're going to be talking about another big story. J.K. Rowling revealed new writing on Makuza. This is kind of like a Fantastic Beast promotional piece. So we are going to be talking about that. She revealed the the history of the school, right, Micah? Or, I'm sorry, of Makuza. Yeah. It's origins. The, 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 a little bit more backstory uh, on Makuza, really from its founding all the way up to uh, present day, at least from a Fantastic Beast standpoint, because I don't think she wanted to give away too much information um, related to the film. But uh, one other thing I did want to mention, uh, and I don't think we've actually talked about it uh, on the show, is uh, the event that is coming up in New York City uh, with both J.K. Rowling and Eddie Redmayne um, for the Fantastic Beast film. Right. Uh, that's uh, Saturday, November 12th at 6 p.m. Carnegie Hall, baby. I've got the tickets for Micah and me sitting right here. And mine are at the Will Call box office. <laughs> <laughs> Micah, I'll sell you one of my tickets for $500. Is that the going rate? Uh, yeah. Probably. I mean, I paid 54 but I want to make a quick buck. So, yeah. So, $500. Okay, done. Um. <laughs> Damn, I'm now recorded saying that I would pay five hundred dollars for that. But <laughs> no, I, I, of course, just wanted to let everybody know that uh, we will be there. Um, still, some plans in the works. We want to try and put together some kind of meetup for everybody uh, that will be there. That's that listens to the show. Um, details to follow, but uh, we definitely want to do something and, and see everybody else that's going to be there uh, for Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. And even if you're not going to the event, if you're in the New York area, we're going to try to do something, whether it's formal or informal, somewhere in Manhattan, just to say hi to everybody. So keep your calendar cleared for that weekend. We don't have a day or time yet, but 
but that November 12th weekend is when we're going to do something, hopefully. And uh, that's it. I would like to plug our Patreon real quick, patreon.com slash MuggleCast. We're on our way to doing weekly episodes. We're, we're getting close. Thank you to the 709 people so far who have pledged. We really appreciate your support. When you do pledge, you get lots of bonus content, including uh, chapter readings, uh, vlogs. Uh, you get to influence each episode of MuggleCast. You get to listen live. As a few of our patrons are right now. Hello, patrons listening live. Hi. And uh, yeah, just just lots of cool stuff. And we really appreciate the support. It means a lot uh, that so many people are interested in helping us out. Pam, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. You can hear Pam uh, every week, basically, right? Yeah, sometimes twice on a week. Hype. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> twice. When they, they're doing special episodes right now where they go through Gilmore we Girls. Are, if you're excited oh, for how Gilmore far are Girls. You? We are actually, we're trying to figure out when we're, gonna, we're going to record ep- uh, season six. And if you've never seen Gilmore Girls before, uh, we make sure not to spoil anything past the season that we're watching because uh, Selena, who is one of our hosts on that uh, special set as well, has never seen the series in full before. So she's coming into it unspoiled. It's a really good time. I officially have realized that Gilmore Girls is a cultural phenomenon it- after they did this free coffee thing oh my gosh. in coffee shops across the country. It was amazing. The lines were around the block for free coffee. I got free for, coffee. For Me Girls too. Fans. Yeah, I'm on. I'm at the end of season six, Pam. Oh, my gosh. How exciting. It's very exciting. (laughs) So uh, thanks again, Pam, for coming on. And uh, don't forget our website. I guess that'll be our final plug for today. MuggleCast.com. You can get all the information you need about this show. And thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Pamela. See everybody next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.